There is nothing wrong with your internet. Do not attempt to adjust your settings. We are controlling the podcast. We control the squealing and the screams. We can make your heart flutter, your eyes blur from tears, or sharpen your mind to crystal clarity. For the next hour, sit back. We are in control of what you hear. We repeat, there is nothing wrong with your setting. You are about to experience the awe and mystery known as the female mind. You are now entering the Fangirl Zone. Welcome to the Star Power Podcast on the Fangirl Zone, a podcast where we discuss Stargirl on the CW channel. I'm Sean Fangirl S. I'm Steve. And I'm Cosmic Staff Dave. And today we'll be discussing episode five of season two of Stargirl. Okay, so I wasn't sure what to expect, <laughs> but I want to know everyone's initial reactions. So, Steve, what did you think? Well, we did get a little bit of action in this episode. <laughs> near the end. Yeah, near the end. And we see Eclipso's powers at work, which we hadn't seen before. So that was interesting as well. It, I liked it. It it was okay. I still think that we're going to have some issues with people seeing things and thinking things that aren't really true, as we saw towards the in the final battle there of this week. So that'll be interesting to see how that all works out. But I liked it. Yeah, you I mean, mean like yeah. carryover, though? Like that'll carry over and continue? Or what do you mean, Steve? Yeah, I definitely think that that's... The visions that the three of them saw will definitely play into future episodes. There's no doubt. Oh, Eclipso's okay. already knows their weakness. Mm. Mm, interesting. Sorry, Dave, I cut you off, but I wanted him to expand. <laughs> Mike's vision will be uh, his parents leaving him. Oh. Something like that. Horrible. Isn't I'm it? I'm the one who's supposed to be dark, not you. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh no. I'm pretty dark. <laughs> So what did you think, though, overall, Dave? Of this well, episode? if we were rating these episode, which we're not, I would give it three out of five pink puking paws. <laughs> I, I was impressed. Well, we know how much their money they're spending on their CGI budget. It was uh, Jade's transformation and flying, and now the uh, whatever that was <laughs> coming out of the wall. Right. That face. <laughs> that was pretty awesome. Pretty awesome. The, they must have one good one left in them. We got it a wasn't... lot of episodes left. I hope they have more than one good one. <laughs> well, that's, that stuff costs money. Gotta pay everyone else. Yeah, I I, I think I'm there with, with Steve, too. Took a while to get going, and it was a lot of filler. I was taking notes of things I saw in the background. The more the episode went on, the the less I saw. I mean, but there was some good stuff in the, going on in the background. Like, we'll get to it, like Grandma, right in the beginning. If you look yes. behind her, there's a doll. <laughs> <laughs> The fact that you were picking up all of that stuff was like kind of not taking me out of the moment, but it was when I'm watching, I'm like, okay, wait, what did he see? I got to go and look. And <laughs> it's like one of those, those Where's Waldo books. I'm like, what is it? Where did he see that? What's going on? <laughs> I personally, I liked it, but I'm not like, yeah, this is great. Because again, very, I don't know if this sounds bad, very teenage. I'm not going to listen to anything I know best. Because we had that happen more than once in this episode with Courtney, like, oh, Pat said to wait, but <laughs> not. And Cindy, especially, like, I control this, like, oh, sweet summer child. No, you don't. Yeah. yeah. You know, so it's like, okay, I feel like not only 
is this setting up like all the kids to fail, not just the good guys, like all of them, because even the ISA was looking a little crazy. Like I'm worried for all of them, basically, <laughs> the way this is setting up. And we have 13 episodes this season, and this is only episode five. So we got a long way to go, but that's how I felt. So I will pass the baton on so uh, <laughs> we can get actually into the meat and potatoes of this episode. Okay, episode five, Summer School, chapter five. As Pat and Courtney clash over their next steps in their search for Eclipso, ominous weather conditions in Blue Valley hint that he may be near. You think? <laughs> Meanwhile, Cindy's plan to recruit another student takes an unexpected turn, and Cameron opens up to Courtney. <laughs> oh, isn't that cute? So, the cold open for this episode is flashback to 10 years ago in Farmersville, California, where a young Cindy awoke from a nightmare about her father finding her and wanting to change her. I kind of like that part. First of all, it's always good to see her father. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so spooky. But when when they panned away from her, she looked like she was stuck in some type of uh, moment that she... Of course, she regretted it or lamented it being changed. But I was asking Steve that if he thought she's redeemable, does she have that ounce left again? Because it sure didn't look like it. Like she was so disappointed or sad. What do you think, Sean? You think she's redeemable? You know what? I would have said maybe eighty percent yes. Wow, just that's a lot. This, but. After seeing the preview for next week, I'm thinking, no, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> next week's preview made it like, OK, the whole world's going to burn and Cindy's going to laugh. Cindy's mom rushed in when she young Cindy was crying and assured her that they'll never be found. Thanks for jinxing that, mom. Yeah, right? Cindy went back to sleep. We saw a dragon king emerge from the bedroom shadows and judging by the off camera scream, startled his found child. Oh, either that or he. Put some lucidity hand on her, like yuck. Ew. Yeah, I was getting, expecting the shade, like you were just going to see the top hat or something. <laughs> getting scales into my pillowcase. <laughs> anyway, back to the present. Cindy eyeballs the Injustice Unlimited recruit Cameron while standing across the street from his mural in progress. Though Grandma Mockant warned Dragonkin's offspring to steer clear of her king and punctuated her chilling words with a puff of icy breath, which was way cool. Yes. <laughs> now nothing happened. Cindy- had no idea that like the whole family had this power did we no oh <laughs> I, thought we, I thought we knew about the parents or am i just yeah, assuming because the parents knew i thought just the grandparents knew about well, it. I didn't that's know they what were. i meant the grandparents sorry yeah well nothing happened to grandpa right he's still around he just wasn't in the episode right this is my comic book tinfoil theory and i forgot to bring my tinfoil up with me she managed to scare uh, Cindy away with a little puff of ice and some eyeball turning. Okay, those are creepy eyeballs. Yeah, they're awesome. <laughs> what if oh, Cindy that's another show. uses the diamond? <laughs> we're getting there. Cindy uses the diamond to possess Grandpa and has the standoff between icy, uh, icy purple, icy Grandpa and an icy Grandma. It's gonna be awesome. <laughs> oh my God, is she trying to make everybody like an orphan? That sure, why not? Up. Yeah. Everybody will feel the way she does. Yeah. That's messed up. But now that you put that out there into the universe, it's like, oh, man, Cindy, you, yeah, that redeemable level has definitely dropped into the negatives. Yes. Grandpa gets possessed. I am not going to be able to stop thinking about that now. I'm going to wait for that to happen. Thanks, Dave. (laughs) Well, we see uh, Courtney finally show up back at home past curfew. Big surprise. Can I ask how nobody sees this, like, 
light flying around. Nobody ever looks up in Blue Valley. Is yeah. that what it is? <laughs> but hey, she's busted by a waiting Pat, who I love. I love the the just teenage vitriol. Like, what are you doing in my room? It's like, what? Yeah. First of all, <laughs> I know that's her first crap. line of defense. Great. But she explains that she was out looking for the shade, thinking maybe we can recruit him to the good guy side. It's like, what? <laughs> Pat, I think, had the same face that everybody else had. Like, uh, yeah, the shade's not to be toyed with. He's not a good guy. But he's not but, evil. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> he's just, yeah, not good, not evil, I guess. But I don't know. Killing people isn't exactly good. We'll get to that eventually. I'm sure that it'll play a role in the upcoming episodes. But Pat finally explains a little bit more about Eclipso, that he can be tracked, or it can be tracked, not sure if it's a he, by the weather. And it must be getting stronger because the weather is getting hella bad in this area. Courtney apologizes for not telling him that she ran into the shade, but that shade was the one that explained about McDider's daughter and asks Pat so innocently if there's anything that he hasn't told her. And the look on Pat's face as he says no. I don't know about you guys. I'm like, well, that was just guilt pouring all over. Yep. I still need to know what it is. Dave, I think you were the one who had the tinfoil hat theory. Yeah. Snyder was the one that turned. So No, he's not the one that turned. He's he's trapped in the shadow realm. Oh, no. You thought it was Johnny Thunder. No, I didn't think it was Johnny Thunder. Yeah, that well, was my been. guess. Yeah, we yeah. thought oh, that well, maybe yeah. one of the JSA was a double agent. and Right. Either pressured to be or blackmailed to be or just plain got turned. Right. I'm so used to Dave's tinfoil hat. Sorry, Steve had the tinfoil hat this time. So. <laughs> no, that was my theory. Yeah, he brought it up. We, I just mentioned that I thought it might have been Johnny Thunder so because he had gotten sidelined originally. Right, right. Okay, it's all coming back to me. <laughs> the next day, we do get to see Cam, who is about to continue his painting on the wall, but the weather seems to be getting bad. Well, there was a lot of thunder, but I didn't think the clouds were too bad. Seen worse. Yeah. No Johnny thunder. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> but since he's thinking about painting his dad, he doesn't want it ruined, so he heads to the school. He sees his art teacher. And as he's talking, drops his sketchbook, who the art teacher picks up and, again, had a weird vibe off this. I don't know about you guys. Like, teacher just gets up and starts looking through it. It's like, why are you looking through somebody's personal stuff? Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, he knows it's a sketchbook, so. That doesn't mean anything. To, yeah, well, he wants to <laughs> be an influence on Cam, so that's why he's looking through it and he goes, oh, looky here. <laughs> yeah, all the pictures of Courtney, which those are really good. So whoever actually drew those, kudos. Yes. And his teacher tells him, oh, you must have found your muse. I had a muse once and that started to get to the weird, creepy teacher part again. <laughs> I think he just comes off that way. Yeah. <laughs> Guy. Too many shrooms back in the day. Maybe that was his muse. Just then, Courtney arrives, and Cameron tries to uh, talk to her very unsuccessfully. <laughs> and Cameron decides to, all right, I got to go. As if you didn't notice, the teacher walks away with his sketchbook. Right. So Cameron goes to the art room, and here we see Miss Cindy, who's just looking, I don't know, mad at the world by looking at art. How can you be mad at everything? 
But she decides to share how she's sorry about Cameron's dad. And wow, what comes out of his mouth threw me for a loop because he didn't believe her and decides to tell her full out. Everyone, not just me, we all remember what you said in fourth grade after your mom died. And when he said that and just stopped, I was like, huh? He's like, (laughs) I didn't like her anyway. I was like, wow. I mean, people get mad and there's ways to deal with grief, but wow. Yeah. (laughs) She's calling that the uh, cam slam. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Cindy's definitely stuck in the anger stage of uh, grief. That's for sure. Just a fourth grader, though. Yeah, but I mean, I guess when you throw that out, like, yeah, nobody's going to forget that. And everyone's going to look at you kind of sideways forever. Cam sure didn't forget it. Nope. (laughs) And as Cindy decides to unsheath her, I don't know, blade. I'm like, I don't know what we're calling that. because We see her contemplating just taking him out. But. That's when the art teacher walks in to give Cam back his sketchbook and Cam leaves and away goes the shiv. By the way, the teacher talks to Cindy, who very discreetly had the diamond out and thought she was playing with a necklace. But I guess it was the diamond the whole time. Yep. She says something and I couldn't quite hear what she said. I thought she mumbled something anyway as she walked out. And then we suddenly hear the voice after her. She leaves, and we hear, I'm your new muse. I was like, wait, what? Yeah. Because, <laughs> I don't know, that sounds like a creepy voice. I'm not feeling it. Very haunted house vibes. Yep. As soon as you see that purple sparkle in the eye, you know Eclipso's got him. Now, Dave, some of the stuff that you had seen in the background, was this the moment when you seen the eye painting, or was yep. that later? There was a big, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, right behind Paul against the wall was a big eye painting. Yeah, like I couldn't keep up. You were finding so many, <laughs> I don't want to say Easter eggs, but it's kind of foreboding issues like through the whole thing. And it's like, I couldn't see them all. So I, I'm like, I can't believe we're catching all of these weird things. <laughs> They're kind of creepy, but it was great. In Courtney's bedroom, when Pat was laying down the law, there was like this swirl painting behind uh, Pat too, when he was talking to her. Kind of like the swirl paints. It could easily be a, a flower, too. But it was such a strange-looking flower. They kind of remind me of all the artwork that was on the wall once the uh, the new GSA walked into the <laughs> art room. Yeah. Well, we go see what's up with Barbara as Richard Swift has just kind of popped in <laughs> without her hearing it. So it startles her when she turns around and he's there. And he reveals that he knows Courtney is looking for him and strongly suggests that Barbara counsel her daughter otherwise. Well, Barbara wants to know what he knows about the Black Diamond and the weird weather. And Swift tells her not to mention it again, as this is only the prelude. How do you find a shade in the at night? Right. Just ask That's him. when he works the best. Also tells her that her daughter and the others are too young to face the horror within. That doesn't sound good. When he said that, I was trying to figure out what he was talking about. Like, their own fears? Or, like, just the horror of Eclipso? I wasn't quite sure. Yeah, I think it's the horror of Eclipso. And and what we see later on with the teacher is exactly what I think he's talking about. Oh, okay. Not necessarily before the teacher. (laughs) He got in the kid's head, but... 
Not to the same extent. Right. Not as bad as the teacher. And if their daughter does get wind of the diamond's location, she should contact him. Well, of course, Barbara says, I don't have your contact information. It wasn't on the card. (laughs) And he goes, look again. So she pulls the card out from her desk and his number magically appears on the card. Yeah, one of you guys had said that was going to happen at some point. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And that was not a nice way for it to appear. It was a creepy way for it to appear. I know it took its time. Well, you should have just gone poof like a shadow instead of burns its way on there with right. smoke and everything. And then we see Rick, who apparently is about to make another burger run for Grundy, but stops when he sees Cameron working on the mural. He revs his engine to get Cameron's attention, but when Cam asks what he wants, Rick replies, nothing from you, and drives away. What do you call him? <laughs> yeah, what was that? Oh, dick. Yeah. <laughs> oh, is this a crossover with uh, Teen Titans? Okay, I get it. <laughs> you know why he's so mad at Cameron? It's like, come on. Well, he's a son of Icicle. Right. And he's putting his big Icicle mural <laughs> up on the Honestly, on the I thought that looked like Pat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so yeah. far, it, it didn't the look like Jordan, strange. but yeah, I think it will when he's done. Yeah, the uh, painting right now has this like red line through one of the eyes. It's like, what is he, uh, Lizard the Dragon King or something? Right. <laughs> it's kind of weird. One of those background things for uh, Rick was, as Steve mentioned, the buckets behind him. He right. thought it was burgers. I thought it was like chicken buckets. Yeah. I, yeah, I thought it was chicken too, but <laughs> heck, it could be nachos the way they were talking. <laughs> this whole episode is making me hungry. Yeah. <laughs> I got a theory from Tom that works at uh, Wonderland Comics in Putnam, Connecticut. He thinks that Barbara is Shade's missing daughter or long lost daughter. And that's why she reminds us, him of somebody long, old, long ago. And I thought, wow, that's a good one. But yeah, I have what I weird comic and that I mean comment and that would make sense then. Yeah. Right. Especially when it, he at the end mentions family. You're right. And you kinda go, Huh? Huh? <laughs> Where did that come from? <laughs> and that would make Courtney his granddaughter, right? Oh yes. <laughs> I didn't I'm just sitting there like, hold it. Yeah. Oh my god. That no. was really weird. Yeah. Wait, could that be why for some reason Ice was drawn to her? Like he could feel some kind of underlying power or something. Drawn to Barbara? Yeah. I don't know. Or he was just a creeper that wanted to <laughs> kind of struck me as a creeper. <laughs> yeah. That definitely was first. But yeah, seeing that Shade and Jordan never got along, if Jordan definitely felt that Barbara was somehow related to the Shade, sure, he'd go after her in a heartbeat. So, oh. That's a definite possibility if if this story goes that way. Weird it slash would make creepy. Sense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it would make a little sense. It, it, it crosses my theory that uh, Bob is from another dimension or the other dimension or world, whatever you, however you want to put it, that uh, the new uh, the star man that we've seen at the beginning of the episode, not this episode, is looking for her. Right. Weird. Well, they could tie that together. They can give him an Emmy. Yeah. <laughs> so we got a, a team meeting coming up. Pat is explaining to Rick and Beth that the weather is a key to finding the black diamond. Beth interrupts, telling Pat that Dr. Mind is still alive, which Pat thinks is impossible, but does agree that if he is alive, they should find that out. At the school, Paul is giving the class an assignment on the Trojan horse, and he starts coughing, decides to 
end class early, cut to Barbara and Zeke's junkyard where they find uh, Mike who wants to buy a station wagon to haul the JSA around in. <laughs> Get away, <laughs> Carl. I know. What do they call it's that? Better than just a bike. Uh, <laughs> what was that uh, vacation movie? They had a I forgot National the name. Lampoon. Yeah. yeah, they had they had a, a station wagon. Yes. To, I forgot what the family something or other. That's what it reminded me of. Was his family roadster? Yeah, roadster. That's but it. wasn't that car the one that belonged to the magician's family from the first episode? Could be. I can't remember what she was driving. The woman was driving when she was trying to get out of town. I think it was a yeah. station wagon. Yep. I don't know how how did Zeke end up with it. I don't want to know. Well, it, they put everything in the junkyard. Yeah, I thought. yeah. <laughs> After asking Zeke for a minute, Pat explains they don't need the wagon, and he has JSF for them to do, which causes Mike to give him a hug. Ah, that was the the best hug of the episode. Right? Yeah, the, they actually had that moment to connect. It's like. I know what it's like, and you and I need to work on stuff, like small stuff, and then we'll figure out other stuff. But yeah, you and I. And I think, I feel like this was like a pivotal moment, especially the way it, this whole episode ends. So I'm hoping that this will pull Mike firmly into our court. Ooh, I hope not. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I don't think so. It, I like the scene, but it sure felt like Pat was just not into it. I know, he needed nudging from Barbara just to like, hello, do something. Right. And it's like, oh, what's going on here? Because yeah, they used to be a that, lot closer. Yeah, that's his son. Yeah. And it was like, almost like Beth's dad. <laughs> yeah, that was weird. Now, it may be the Eclipso effect is getting to him too, maybe. Yeah, maybe it's the weather. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyway, back to Courtney and Yolanda heading home after class, and after seeing Cameron working on his mural, Courtney tells Yolanda that she'll catch up with her later. Cameron shows Court his sketches of her, which impresses her. They go over to his parents' home, and they show her the garden. Nice place. Oh, shoot, yeah. <laughs> Just as you're about to kiss, Courtney's phone goes off, and she apologizes, but she has has to go. I wonder what TV and movies did before we had cell phones to interrupt every moment. Right. <laughs> a dog run in and jump or yeah. <laughs> the creepy grandma who was watching them anyway would have walked in. Oh, I know. That's another background thing. Look up. There's grandma. Nice. Yeah. Now I swear when you first. Oh, go, go ahead. ahead. I'd say when you first see like the garden and them talking and them kind of pull back. I'm like all of a sudden hearing the little mermaid like la 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 la. <laughs> the whole kiss the girl happening. But. He wasn't waiting. It's just, hold on. No, I got to go. Yeah. And then Cameron gets yo-yoed in this episode, something fierce. Because, of course, Cindy goes after him, trying to get him into the group. And then he gets a little bit of time with Courtney, and she has to leave. And this ain't the first time, because he even comments, either you don't show up or you got to leave. So is this going to? turn him off of Courtney because he can't rely on her to be there when he wants her to be there. Yeah, maybe it's a cry. Courtney cries wolf too many times to him and he won't be there right. when he needs her. He goes from not JSA to, uh, he might be able to go JSA now. I mean, ISA now. <laughs> yeah. I honestly thought, though, as she starts to walk away and she's like, this will be the last time she was going to kind of run back and give him like a quick kiss. Should have. Yeah. And then, then maybe... It wouldn't have been so bad, like the the hurt that he had, she had to leave. But again, creepy grandma. 
I think if she'd have kissed him, would have done something really bad. <laughs> I don't know. Grandpa wanted Cameron to have some fun. That's true. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Grandma's probably a little more protective, seeing that Mom's not around anymore. Right. I don't know. I think we'll, we'll see Grandma play a bigger role. Yes, against zombie. Zombie <laughs> Grandpa. Zombie Grandpa. <laughs> oh, we find out what the whole phone messages were about. Because we see the group who was supposed to be waiting for Pat outside of the school in their full superhero garb. But instead, they don't wait because we're so surprised with that. They don't wait because they see Mr. Diesinger's car and they go in to find him thinking, oh, no, something can be horribly wrong for our beloved teacher. Meanwhile, something is horribly wrong for the beloved teacher. He's in the art room staring at a blank canvas, telling the voice in his head or around him, we're not quite sure, that he can't see anything. And Eclipso tells him to use his muse and look harder. Things start getting weird because with paint-covered eyes, he begins to paint rapidly on the canvas. After he threw up a bunch of paint, by the way, which was <laughs> really disgusting. Yes. <laughs> I did not need to see it dripping off his lip. I'm yeah. just saying. Like, again. All right, we get it. He's coughing it up, but come on. Ugh, glad I wasn't eating. As the JSA team runs in, they see the room covered in splattered paint. I'm like, oh, it's a whole art exhibit in itself. And over multiple canvases, they see to find the same type of diamond-like drawing. And that, of course, when the storm hits, that's a nicer way of saying stuff's hitting the fan. Right. <laughs> Yolanda suddenly hears ringing in her ears, and the door to the classroom shuts. The room wind, where's that coming from, picks up and someone starts coming out of the diamond painting on the wall. Because super creepy again. It's like, okay, we've gone into a horror movie, everyone. Right. It was awesome. I loved it. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever it is, starts crawling the walls and using the splattered paint to move around. It's like, what is happening? (laughs) And quick question, because Beth had come in with her goggles on and she kind of got knocked so the paint would end up on the goggles did that happen because the goggles were protecting her from eclipso's powers any ideas guys i don't know i don't know why she lifted her goggles to tell you the truth they were covered with yellow paint were they okay yeah Yeah, because like i think it was i don't know if it was when yolanda's ears were ringing that she bumped into her and she kind of oh right how clumsy are you but still do you think that those goggles were protecting her because she wasn't affected right away? No, I don't think so. There's no Chuck. There's no Dr. McNiter. Right. You know, I think they, I mean, she's using them in the hallway. It was just like to scan stuff. And it's pretty much what they do. Mm. I mean, took away her power of scanning and explaining things. I'll give you that. See, that's what the- I was thinking that somehow like he couldn't break through the, I don't want to say computer, but basically, yeah, the electronic interference. Maybe that's my tinfoil hat for the future. We'll see if that plays out. But we finally get out into the hallway because Rick busts down the door with his Our Man strength. And when they get to the hallway, it's not getting better because Yolanda, Beth, and Rick are haunted by their fears and end up leaving Courtney on her own to deal with Eclipso. Usually when Rick needs to summon his powers, you, you turn the, the uh, hourglass over and that right. gives him an hour. Yep. But we don't see him do that. Why would he turn it over or let and waste all that time until he needed to. Right. I mean, it was pretty awesome to see him slam that door open. But if he started ahead of time, he's just costing himself hour man time. 
Yep. I That's what I, I was thinking. I just assumed that he did it like before they went in there. But yeah, that doesn't make sense that he'd waste the yeah. time. I, I wish they would show it, though. And I, I don't think they've been consistent in showing no, him. No, they haven't. No, they, I wish they would, because that was part of Our Man's deals to turn the uh, the hourglass over. Yep. We got an hour to get this done. Let's get busy. I know. Yeah. Now I'm going to be thinking about that. Be like, was it supposed to happen off screen? What's going on? But Mr. Daysinger, with weird paint swirling all around <laughs> him and darkness, says he is blinded by the darkness as Courtney runs up on him. And she just keeps telling him fight. But it also gives her an idea to use the light from her staff, telling him to reach for the light. He does do that, which I'm surprised he was able to fight that well. And when he does finally reach the staff, he collapses to the ground. I will say when they do pan to him in a minute, when he's laid out and he's saying that he lost his muse and all you see is paint like all around him. I thought he was going to disintegrate. Yeah. (laughs) Like. And I thought that was going to be Courtney's like fear that right. she uses the staff for good but kills somebody. Like, yeah, I went dark there too. But right. <laughs> like, but it didn't happen because we do see everyone back at the garage. And Pat mentions that Eclipse's powers are getting stronger since he was able to do all that to the kids without the diamond actually being there. At least as far as we know, just because it wasn't on him. I'm thinking Cindy was underneath with the diamond. So it was close enough. Yeah, absolutely. And the explanation for the poor teacher. <laughs> oh, he had a breakdown. He's having psychological ev- evaluations now. Great. So bad for that poor guy. You know, it's hard yeah, I hope that's not off. the end of his character. Right. That's already rough for him. Beth finally confronts her parents. Because her parents noticed that she made breakfast for them. And and she informs them that she knows about the divorce papers. And they awkwardly try to avoid the subject and eventually tell her they'll be discussing it that evening. And awkward is like the main point there. Yes. Like, what is going on? First of all, the whole family is matching in those brown tones. And (laughs) Beth is wearing something from like the 70s. What's going on? It was just like, why is Beth the adult in this situation? It was just weird, the whole thing. So hopefully we'll get some more information. I don't know. Well, I have a theory, but this is a family show, so I'm not going there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and our final scene on the power front, we see Cameron painting the nose of his father, which, again, still looks like Pat to me. But he drops a paintbrush having what looks like, I don't know, a hand cramp. As the camera zooms to the paintbrush, we see it's suddenly covered in frost. Dun, so, dun, dun. I guess his powers are coming to the forefront. Shouldn't have painted that nose. It was nothing to sneeze at. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, any other thoughts on this episode? I've got nothing. <laughs> nope. Well, we'd love to hear your thoughts on each and every episode this season. Our deadline for feedback is 6 p.m. Eastern every Friday during the season. You can send your feedback via email or audio to contact us at fangirlzone.com. Please review and rate us on iTunes and any other platform you use for your podcast. With good ratings and reviews, it helps other fans of the show find us. Tell your friends, and we hope you are enjoying our podcast. And don't forget to check out the other great Fangirl Zone podcasts. There's so many podcasts, like the Mudhorn Clan cast, for example, that we absolutely adore. I wonder why. But you can check everything out. (laughs) You can check everything out at www.fangirlzone.com. And you can click on our contacts page there to see the multitudes of ways you can contact us. And 
We would love to hear from you along with tweet with you because we tweet live as often as we're able to. So for this episode of the Star Power Podcast, I'm Steve. You can sketch me as many times as you want. Is that <laughs> what they're calling it now? <laughs> I'm Sean Fangirl S, and I can't pretend anymore. And this was Cosmic Staff Dave. Is it weird that I've been sketching Courtney too? It is weird, isn't it? <laughs> so weird.